0: Your front door, your sanity.
1: A lot of business owners think, I need a website, and as soon as I have one, it's automatically going to bring in leads. A website's just a business. It's not doing anything just sitting there. You could have a $30,000 website, and it's going to sit on page 10 with everybody else until you do something. Luke. 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 Vanderveer. Vanderveer.
0: Is earning six figures per a month with Rank & Rent SEO. Luke
1: tried it all, but that was... I was working at GE, my first 9-to-5 job, right? everybody I know, they're all stuck trading time for money. We just now work forever, and I just never accepted this idea. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. I'm not doing this. There's got to be a way out. Warren Buffett, I really love this quote. He's just like, whatever you're paid is just what the market thinks your skills are worth. So you want to make more I've always liked doing things on my own. I'm like, these websites, looking at what I'm doing for the clients, I'm like, why do they have control over my time? They have control over my time because I'm working for them. I'm like, but what are they getting out of All they're really getting is the leads. I'm like, how can I have it where I've got leads?
0: It's like the perfect solution. What was the biggest mistake that you made when you first started trying to build something yourself?
1: Oh God, there's so many mistakes. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot podcast network. They've been supporting the show for over two years now, and when it comes to running an incredible business, HubSpot's got your back. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, you know that nothing matters more than generating revenue, but salespeople aren't just closing deals, they're tracking down leads, they're forecasting growth, they're whipping up reports, managing contacts, creating content, crunching numbers. The list of tasks goes on and on. With Q4 around the corner, there's a better way to win. It all starts with the new HubSpot Sales Hub. Now, with the HubSpot Sales Hub, your data, tools, and teams are fully linked inside a smart and highly customizable platform that feels good to use. It's easy. Turn prospects into pipeline and close your deals all in one place. Plus sequences and smooth workflows help reps streamline tasks and spend more time on what they do best connecting with customers with sales hub. Closing big deals is simple. Try it for yourself at hubspot.com sales. When I was
1: working at GE, it was uh, my first, real job, first nine to five job after the MBA program um, at Albany. And I was there for a few weeks trying to get used to um, that type of company, just a a true nine to five human resources department, lots of smart people, and just a lot of work, as you'd imagine, at a, you know, multinational company, sixth largest in the world or whatever at the time. And talking to some of the different colleagues, I noticed that most of the people in the department were a lot older than me. Like I was, what, 24. Um, Everybody was nearing retirement. They're all like late 50s, early 60s. And person after person after person was telling me the same two themes. I don't have enough money to retire. Or I haven't been able to do the things I've wanted to do over the past 35, 40 years. And one woman in particular was one I was really close to. She was the person who was kind of training me to get me up to speed to be the subject matter expert for the benefit stuff I was handling. Um, And she was just talking about not being able to see her daughter and how important this was to her. And I just kept hearing this from everybody. And I just was sitting there adding up the years in my head. Like, I don't want to do this for 30, 40 years and not have money and not be able to do any of the stuff I want to do. I want it now, like while I'm young. So, I mean, that was the thing for me. It was just kind of a trigger, like, I can't do this. I started getting immediately stressed. I'm like, I have to make a change. <laughs> so that was the thing for me. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I decide to do something. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to do something. You know, you had,
0: this, like, you had this moment, this like crisis when you were just starting out at GE. But the fact that you took the initiative to go build something, I think it's so commendable. Because everyone has like, this different entrepreneur story when they're like, I just had to do it. But a lot of people, they didn't get that bug when they first started working. A lot of people went through a lot of shit before they decided to build something themselves. Or they came from a family that was entrepreneurial. What do you think was different about you that made you want to build something yourself? Like you have this stress, this pressure. A lot of people feel that, though. It was just a, you, you, you looked out and you saw the 40 years and you're like,
1: Fuck, no, I'm not doing oh, this. I'm like, I can't do it. Maybe it's just growing up. I mean, my, my father is a small business owner. He's a chiropractor, started his own practice. My mom would be an employee. She's a clinical nurse specialist, a psychiatric nurse. My brothers are both just employees, right? Everybody I know all has the same thing. They all, they're all stuck trading time for money. And it was something I never wanted to do. And I never understood, you know, we go have this great time at school. But after that, we just now work forever. And I just never accepted this idea. So as soon as I get on there, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. There's gotta be a way out. If I there's other people I see that can do this, I don't know them, but there's other people that are out. So there's gotta be a way. I gotta find out what it is.
0: What was the biggest mistake that you made when you first started trying to build something yourself?
1: Not oh god, there's so many mistakes. <laughs> it's a trick question.
0: Unlimited mistakes. It is
1: a question. There's, there's so many. Not clearly defining what I wanted. So I spent years focused on just making money. I thought money was the ticket. If I just had a lot of money, I don't have to work. Like it doesn't have to be like Powerball money, but enough where it's like millions. I don't have to do anything. Then I can just hang out or do whatever. But going into different business models, like all the different things I tried, drop shipping and Amazon and MLM and trying to create a Facebook ad agency and all these different things with just trying to make money. I never really realized that time was what I wanted. I didn't care about the money. I want you need some, but I needed time because I wanted control of what I'm doing with my schedule. And having to ask somebody for permission to take vacation is uh, it makes me feel like a kid in class, right? And building all these different business models and getting to a reasonable amount with each of them, I realized that it, I don't care about the money if I can't use any of it. So I eventually found my way to something that gave me that time back, but only after screwing up with so many models, not knowing this, just I didn't plan it out. So plan it out in advance would have been the smart move.
0: You know, so all the all the different things you tried, these are all like the this the, the typical side hustles, right? So you talked to, you spoke about building an agency, dropshipping, MLM, whatever it is, is a very typical side hustle and. These can all be valid businesses. I think that there were points in time when some of these worked better than others because you know you had first mover advantage or you know you're one of the first people to try the thing the drop shipping you're running a Facebook ad agency but now saturated Marketplace because everyone and their mother has tried these side hustle businesses but they all kind of work to a degree but they they're, what I have an issue with with all of these types of side hustles is for some reason, they're marketed as passive income. They're all marketed yeah. as passive. I don't know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, when the concept of entrepreneurship and passive ever was aligned and and in sync. Because from my experience, entrepreneurship is like, okay, we'll get ready for 80 hours a week. That's what you're right. going to be doing. And I think it's right. this, you know, you look on Instagram and you see people that, promote these types of things. And I think to get people to buy into their concept, they show this beautiful lifestyle where it's like working from wherever. I have a laptop in front of a pool and I run a dropshipping business and I don't have to do any, basically nothing. And I'm making millions of dollars. But these are are not easy businesses. Perhaps people optimize them and they remove some of the problems and and logistics that a traditional business would require but it's still a business if you're building it if you're building a dropshipping site you're still spinning up a website you're still finding product you're fi- you're basically doing a gamut of marketing activities all the time you still have to make yeah. sure the fulfillment customer service i mean ad agencies you're finding new customers you're running ads for them maybe there's some parts that can be automated or outsourced but it's like you still have a business it's still a bit bu- which is fine but it's Hard and entrepreneurship is very hard, and people build themselves right. jobs, right?
1: I've <laughs> done it multiple times. So I'm aware. So
0: you've gone through all these. And, and like when you go through them all, like you make money, but you're not free because when people build businesses, they have to spend more time in the business. They don't have time for their family. It's like almost like worse than working yeah. a nine to five in terms of time and freedom.
1: It is. It is. It started with MLM. That was kind of the first one. I spent three and a half years on that. That was the first one that I kind of hit. And it makes sense because in the beginning, you didn't have as much money. Well, I didn't. So it, you know, 400 bucks, get in, start your MLM company. So I'm in there. And I mean, you, you learn things from it. I, I guess it helps me become a little bit more um, focused on self-education. I was really self-conscious speaking in front of people. So I never would have done this in a million years, but you know, you keep, screwing things up and I was worried about being judged but the people who were making all the money said you have to just push through that don't worry about it and just get good at this so I just kept trying to practice presentations or whatever I'm talking in front of people we're doing presentations at people's houses I'm always wearing black just in case I sweat like crazy and actually now that I'm thinking about it, I'm still wearing black because it's ingrained in me now <laughs> uh, <laughs> But just like putting all those reps in, like made me good at that. But I'm listening to the people on stage that are talking and they're saying, yeah, you know, if you get up to this big team, you could have your team working and then you don't have to work. You could just sit back and relax. And I was like, all right, cool. So I learned how to do it. I listened to them I go all this training. I recruited a ton of people and I had my big team now. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to do this. And I just stopped working. Everybody else stopped working too. (laughs) And then I realized, I'm supposed to be leading by example. So, of course, if I stop, they're going to, too. So, it was a lie. It's like, it's not really passive. At no point can I walk away and just have them continue it because they're looking to me. So, that business model is flawed. So, I'm like, okay, that one's done. So, we try something else. So, I try eBay. And I'm like, this might be a good one. Sell stuff on Amazon and eBay. And with my partner and I, we built this up. We're selling liquidation products. We get it up to like 35 grand a month but we're pulling, we're pulling 15 hour days, seven days a week. We have no lives. So that was another terrible thing. It's like, I don't care about 35 grand a month when you have to pay taxes, split it with him, eBay fees, and just all of our time disappears. But it did teach me that I didn't have any leverage. So that was something I now I have to look for. <laughs> so it's like program after program, I learn all the things that I was missing that I should have known up front, but I didn't know. And I had to learn it through that experience until finally I hit SEO. And that was kind of the the difference maker. I started investing in programs and mentors to learn SEO and I created an agency. But once again, like you mentioned, created another job for Mm. myself. I can generate leads for anybody anywhere. But now I got all these people that are asking me for reports and hey, update this picture on my website, send me this, send me that. And it wasn't until a client called me at midnight on a Sunday complaining about his rankings, which were fantastic, where I just snapped and I was like, I got to find a way to, to get out of this. There's got to be a way to do this where I don't have to be involved all the time. I'm just laughing and at somebody was, complaining just,
0: about the rankings on a, on a, on a Sunday
1: at midnight. <laughs> it was, it was, so he woke me up. I was sleeping. I was like, I have a bedtime for myself. I, he just woke me up out of a dead sleep. I was like confused. like, What's going on? I saw the name. It's like not clicking. I'm like, why is this person calling me right now? And he was just complaining about call volume. And like, mind you, two months before, he's on like page five or six in Google. And like, if you've ever seen the actual statistics on this, nobody goes past page one. It it makes sense, right? You're Googling for something. You say you want a plumber. Why am I going to go seven pages back and look at 70 different companies? I'm going to pick one of the first few or a person with some good reviews. I'm not going seven pages back. I don't have time for that that's what everybody does, right? And this guy was nowhere to be found. And I had him on page one for like 30 different terms. He's getting four, five, six, seven calls a day from nothing before. And now he's complaining about this? I was like, you ungrateful, oh. (laughs) I I had some choice words and then I just fired him on the spot. I'm like, you're done, I'm not, that's it, we're done. And then it just, the next day I got up and I was like, we gotta do something different. So that was kind of the transition. I just started thinking about this and I'm like, I can, if I could do this for anybody, why don't I just do this for all the same niches I'm already in with these clients and I will just rent the sites to them. I own it, so I'm in control. I don't have to do reports for anybody. I don't have to change anything because it's my site and then you follow my rules or you're done and I'll find somebody else because if I have the leads, that's what's valuable. So I just started treating it like a rental property and finding tenants instead of going out and finding clients. And that little switch made it passive for me, because now I got something I can just build it up, rent it out, and then I'm done. Move on to the next one.
0: So I want to understand this process a little bit. I want to understand your mindset too, because, so the, the two things that I think of when you, so you thought build a website, rent the whole website out to a brand. right? When you Can you explain that? And, and what I mean by explain it is a website has a a brand attached to it, how is it used for another company? Is it just you're passing over leads?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're just exclusive leads. So i got to differentiate a couple things. So first thing, a lot of business owners think I need a website, and as soon as I have one, it's automatically going to bring in Mm -hmm. leads. Which is not Not the the case. case. A website's just a business card.
0: Indeed.com slash Clary, terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
1: You, It's not doing anything just sitting there. You could have a $30,000 website and it's gonna sit on page 10 with everybody else until you do some search engine optimization or SEO to move it up to the point where people see it. So that's the first thing. And then once you have that asset, whether you know the business owner owns it or I do, whoever's got that asset people are going to see it, right? If I'm ranked number one for New York City, for the term New York City plumbing, when somebody needs plumbing in New York City and they type that in, they're going to see me. And because there's a ton of people in New York City and everybody searches that term, that website, whoever's getting that traffic, that's worth a crazy amount of money. So if that's a business owner, cool, he could use it for himself. If that's me, I have to find a way to get that to the business owner. So I essentially just started creating generic brands. So I would create something like, New York City plumbing. So if anybody just called that, they're not really gonna remember it. It's not anything as a memorable name, mm-hmm. but it's generic enough where I could send it to another plumber and he could just be like, oh yeah, that's one of my marketing sites, mm-hmm. or oh yeah, it's just, you know, that's that's my my DBA. And I would just send all the leads to that business owner exclusively using some call tracking, call forwarding software, and then that keeps me out of it. So now the leads are coming in from the organic rankings I've achieved. I'm no longer involved because it's basically sitting there unless I pick a super competitive market. The leads being sent from the business or from the, the website to the business are out of my hands because that's all automated with the systems. And the business owner's just getting call volume. So now I'm just renting the exclusive rights to all the leads that come in because I'm not a plumber, but I could still make money off it if I treat it like real estate. So
0: this this strategy for the business owner, when when they do this, they're they're getting access to these leads and I think it's a really it's a really smart idea. I've never heard of it before, but it's an incredibly smart idea to do this. So you just know how to you know how to build like lead generation machines again and again and again. Yeah. Like building lead generation yeah, just
1: machines. Digital assets. And digital assets, build a site, generate leads. Yeah.
0: Now I, I am curious though, how your mind went to this, because when you were when you had your SEO agency, like why did you not just hire out Uh, like a a COO, director of operations, hire out an operator, literally the things we're talking about before we jumped on the call with private (laughs) equity. Why, how did your mind go to this? Because this model, I don't think I've ever really, I've heard of lead generation services, of course, but like, it's so specific. It's like website, rental, it's, it's something new.
1: I just, a couple things. So number one, I'm not great at dealing with people. I've always liked doing things on my own. So the idea of having employees and having to hire people is the opposite of anything I'd want Mm -hmm. to do. So that's probably why that went to the back of my mind. The other thing was I'm thinking these websites, looking at what I'm doing for the clients. I'm like, why, why do they have control over my time? They have control over my time because I'm working for them. I'm like, but what are they getting out of it? All they're really getting is the leads. I'm like, how can I have it where, I've got the leads and I'm like, I could just build the site and then I'm like, okay, but then I have to find a way, they, they have to like rent it from me. I'm like, I guess I could just do it exclusively. And like I knew of Home Advisor and Thumbtack, I know like gigantic multi-million dollar companies and they take leads and they'll sell them piecemeal to multiple companies. But then it's kind of like a shared thing, right? Those companies all fight over one lead. That's not good. But if I had everything myself, and I found one company I could send it to, it could be like an exclusive deal. Mm -hmm. So it's a hell of a deal for them. And then if they're renting it from me, since I'm in control of it, I can do whatever I want. So now I have control of my time again. It's like the perfect. It's like the perfect solution. Yeah. And and when you build these out,
0: when you when you build up these sites, because a lot of people that are listening to this are, are for sure thinking. Like I have enough time I've I've a hard enough time building out one website that generates leads. How how is this guy doing it? Like he wakes up in the morning, builds a site, generates leads, can rent it out like no problem. Because building out a site is like building out a company. It is a business card, but then you have a brand attached to it. But it's a generic brand. Okay, understand that. But you know, the content, the keywords, like all the SEO pieces, how much content, how much time. All these different things that it takes to build out this website that generates leads, but you do it like again and again and again and again and again. So are there right. certain categories, certain niches that work better than others? What's the sort of the, the strategy? Because obviously going into this, you probably it was a it was sort of like a, a thesis, a working thesis. Right. Now yeah. hindsight's 2020, 20, you kind of know what works, what doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean I started with the niches that I was already in, because I had clients in all the niches I was doing. I'm like, let's try water damage, let's try roofing, let's try concrete but I learned things about each of the niches as I was trying to use them and that a lot of them were really difficult. And I'm noticing a thing, a pattern between some of the niches and some of the city sizes. And I started trying to narrow it down to see if I could find something where it's a niche that's high value, something that everybody needs, something that has a really short sales cycle. So I can basically convince somebody to want to work with me fast. Mm Right. Like, for example, if I generate leads for like pool construction, like that's a six month process. Somebody wants to get a pool design, they go through the design, the construction, all this stuff. That's going to take forever. So, if I give that to a business owner, he's not getting paid on that for months. Yeah. So, I can't really convince him to do that right away. And I'm knowing I'm not good at sales, I have to find a way to do this where I get something really fast and they can see the money quick. So, then I can keep doing this. And I mean, it's kind of a, a crapshoot, just testing out different niches and things. But I've kind of narrowed it down into something that's phone-driven. So people are calling in for the service and then whatever that contractor is or business owner will go out to them to do it. So not like a nail salon. I want something where people are calling in. So like a plumber, yeah. a tree service, concrete, those are okay. Um, but then I also want that short sales cycle. I want something where there's not a ton of competition in whatever area I'm doing it, right? Like I'm not going straight for New York City because although it's worth a ton, I'm going to have to do so much work and compete against other marketing companies to do that. And just because I can doesn't mean I should, right? I would rather find the mom and pop business who has no idea what they're doing and they put up a website because their best friend told them to and they're the person who's ranked at the top. Because I know if I go into that market, even if I screw up everything, I can still beat them. And I also won't have to do very much work ongoing, which is the passive piece, because I don't want to work after I build this and get it all going. I want it to be minimal. I want to get it up, get the thing ranked, get it it out, and then I want to just be able to sit back and just collect checks. So, <laughs> And it can work like that if you pick the right niche in the right market.
0: So that's I think that's a that's a, a huge sort of... Uh, that That's the secret sauce that makes this more of a passive thing than an active thing. Yeah. That's very important. And the reason you know, when I when I think about this, this business model, I'm thinking, like, holy shit, if I had 10 websites that I'm renting out, I have to be posting articles, backlinking to these all the time. And then so so, no, but explain that, though, because when you think SEO, that's immediately what you think, like, how do you SEO a site, you're putting up an article every day, if you can, or multiple times a day, right? Because that's how you keep putting up new articles. So this is where it comes down to right niche, right category, right city, right demo, right right geography, because those don't require that level of commitment, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like, without any, without having experience, that most people will pick the stuff that comes to mind immediately, yeah. right? They'll pick the things that they think make a lot. They'll pick concrete. They'll pick trees, plumbers, electricians, lawyers, personal injury lawyer. They're like, oh, that makes a ton of money. Yeah. Okay. So you can generate leads for that, but your work is going to be ongoing because you're competing against other marketing mm-hmm. companies, right? You have to know the, the personal injury lawyers, they're paying thousands and thousands of dollars a month, five, 10, 20 grand a month to keep their website where it is. So it's like you could do that by posting all these articles and constantly adding new links and all this stuff. But why? Mm-hmm. It's so much work. Instead, we want to look at something obscure. So personally, I like blue collar stuff, like excavation in Des Moines, Iowa, just some <laughs> random niche. Who, no, it's not sexy. Right? It's boring. Nobody cares about that. And that's why I'd rather be there. I want to fish where people aren't yeah. so that I have a shot, and it makes it easier. And then I don't have to do that constant posting. I can just throw up a site with a few thousand words of content. I don't have to do the blog posts. I can get some links going. I can get all that up and going. And once it's at the top, I'm done. There's none of this continuous blog posting and linking and all this. And then I can just watch the rank tracking software. And if it dips occasionally, okay, I'll send another link or yeah. two. But it's not a constant thing where you have to hire people to keep managing it. That's,
0: so what's the effort required? Like if you were actually trying to rank some of these, like what would be the, the ideal setup for you? Like how many blogs, how long would it take you to set one of these up?
1: I mean, uh, to build a website? Yeah. Ten minutes now. Yeah. I mean, originally the idea was I would build something, get the website up, and then once I had kind of a structure I want, which is basically like a homepage, five service pages, and about and a contact, all with a ton of content. I'm just going to take that structure. I'm going to duplicate it or template it and then reuse that template over again. Now the content I have to create again because I don't want duplicate content in Google, but that's easy enough to outsource. And then I could just plug and play my template in five minutes. So then I could just have that done for me by somebody outsourced to like a VA and just repeat it place after place after place. So my time is just spent trying to figure out what place is worth it? What place should I do it in so I get the most, right? Get the most effective use of my time.
0: So let's 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 uh let's talk about like the 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 financials and the commercials about how to build out this business. So you build this out, leads are coming in. Like, how do you price this out? Like, what is? I'm, I'm super curious as like a business model. Like, how you scale this out? Like, how much can you charge a business for this? What's the potential? Um, because it's it's very very again it's very smart. And I always wonder why people overcomplicate entrepreneurship. So I am curious about how, how you monetize this and how much it makes you. If you want to talk about it, fine. If you want to just give vague numbers, also cool. But I am very curious about how much it can make.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've made several million with website rentals. So you can – the sky's the limit with this. It's just how long you want to keep doing yeah. it. You don't really need yeah. many to create a really big income. Um In terms of pricing, I mean, the average across the students is around $1,500 for people I've coached on this. Um, You're kind of all over the map with what you want to charge. My personal philosophy is charge enough where the business owner gets a pretty massive ROI. So I like to try to give a business owner a minimum of a 10x ROI because at that point, it's stupid for them not to use me. And when I do that, I find that it's more passive for me because they don't bother me because they know they're getting such a good deal. So some people don't like doing that because they want to be able to maximize how much you can charge for every site. I don't care. I'll just do it over and over and over again. So there's like competing thoughts on this because obviously it's everybody's own business. You can do what you want with it if you have this skill set and you know how to use the model right. But like... I've seen people rent one site out for six thousand five hundred bucks a month. That was one two people worked on together. Super cool. That's somebody's annual income from one site they just did. Most people are going like thousand bucks a month, fifteen hundred bucks mm-hmm. a month. But even at that, thousand bucks a month is twelve grand a year. So five, six of those, and you could replace a full time job.
0: For sure. No.
1: And I've seen business owners do it. I've seen nine to fivers do it. It's just a way to, to get to really build wealth and get your time back without having to put continuous work in. It's just the work up front.
0: As you all know, the Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot podcast network, which has incredible podcasts for entrepreneurs, business leaders, people just wanting to upskill themselves. One of my favorites that you need to go check out is My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Puri. They have incredible guests Alex Hermozzi, Sofia Amaruso, Hassan Minhaj all sharing their secrets, how they made their first million, and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunity. Go listen to My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Um I'm, I'm so curious. I, I was listening to other podcasts. One of the stories you spoke about was a car wrap story. Yeah. I want to understand when you were building out this, this business concept, which is super novel. Like Again, like it's not like you're going on YouTube and you're seeing people that are posting videos about, again, how to start a website rental company. So you had this idea, you started it. I want to talk about, you know, that story with the car wrap story, but also like what solidified. This is yes, this makes sense for me.
1: Yeah. So the car wraps one, I had, um, I had some ideas of what niches I wanted to do, something obscure. And it's just kind of going through Googling online, like niches, For I don't even remember the exact search term, but just like niches for internet marketing or something. Um, And I saw a person drive by with a wrapped car, and I was like, I wonder about car wraps. So I started looking around the country. I just randomly kind of picked Phoenix. I don't really know what the idea was for that. That was just a pretty random pick. And just looking at Phoenix, I saw that there wasn't a ton of competition. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can do it for this one. So I started Googling. Um, and I looked up some of the other companies that were kind of ranking at the top and I used some tools, SEM Rush is the, the one I was using to just look at the top competitors and what keywords they were ranking for. And I noticed that a lot of the words sounded like company names or like they could be a company name. And then I was like, all right, let's just do something related to Arizona. And like, I probably would do this differently <laughs> now, but Arizona, I was like, all right, AZ. I'm like, I'll just do AZ car wraps. So that was just my made-up That's made a great company, name, by like, the way. Amazing.
0: That is an absolutely phenomenal
1: name. Wow! <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. That was a random pick. So I was just kind of doing this, and I built a, I built a site for this. I'm like, I don't know anything about car wraps, so I'm looking at everybody else's sites and trying to like take all the top competitors and see what the commonalities are between what they're talking about. And some people had like FAQs, some people had the pricing, some people had like service areas. I'm like, all right, what if I just take all of it and I put it all on mine? I'll just create like the Wikipedia of car wraps, but I'll try to make it like a business. And that's what I tried to do. So I just had a massive homepage with like tons of information on it. I built out services for all of it. I had like a commercial page. Like what else can we use wraps for? I'm like people wrap buildings, they wrap boats, they wrap all kinds of things. So I was like, all right, let's just write about all of it. So I put all of it on the site and it started getting some organic traffic without me really doing anything. And then I was like, okay, now how do we push this? So I started doing the links. And like I had this kind of experience from my SEO agency. So I'm like, let's kill the content first. Really solid foundation. it to make the link building easier. So then I started building links to it. And the thing just kind of was like not really doing anything for a while. It was kind of slowly moving up. But on the surface, it's not getting any calls. But the rankings are improving. And then eventually around like four month mark, somewhere in there, the rankings just jumped. I hit page one for some of the really big terms in the market. And then all of a sudden it's like flood of calls. And I'm like, oh crap, I got to find somebody to do this because they're like calling me for car wraps. And I'm like, I don't do this. <laughs> I'm like, uh. So I my phone's like ringing and ringing and ringing. I'm like, what do I do with these people? And so I just kept answering and I'm like, uh, yeah, hey, how can I help you? And they're like, I want this and this and this, you know, how much? I'm like, oh, let me get back to you. And just person after person after person. So I'm like writing all this down. I got all these leads. I'm like, cool, all right, we gotta find somebody to send this to. So I just was looking for companies. I'm like, I can't send it to the top guys. They don't care, because they're already overloaded. I'm like, I gotta find somebody who's buried. So I just went way back in the search results. I started calling people that were like five, six pages back in Google, because I'm like, they're not getting any business. So called up those people, and I was trying to like pitch them. I'm like, listen, I got all these leads. You got to like, you should take them. This will help you grow your business. And they're like, who the hell is this guy (laughs) trying to like pitch me these leads? Like this has got to be some kind of scam. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, just, I'm like, I'll give you them for free. Just for like one day, two days, I want to just send you some of these people and we'll just see how it goes. They're like, all right, cool. So I started forwarding the leads to them and they're just closing all these deals. So I'm like, all right, I want 400 bucks a month, 500 bucks a month. They're like, all right. 500 bucks a month it is. I'm like, cool. So I had my first person, 500 bucks a month. And that person is still with me and I've never raised their price since. I could probably charge them 15 times that now (laughs) because they get way more leads than it used to get. But I just, it was kind of like the proof of concept. I got paid for it and I'm like, I'll just do this everywhere for everything. I'm just not gonna do it for car wraps <laughs> because that niche, I don't like it. There's a lot of price shoppers and there's other problems with it that I found out That's about. so interesting.
0: See, so, But you learn about this stuff as you go. Concept.
1: Work. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm also curious about you know the 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 strategy really revolves around SEO and organic. And a lot of people, myself included, think about SEO and organic as like a 12 month to 18 month strategy, not like yeah. a three to six month. And again, it depends on what you're selling. I, I get that. Um, but you're so heavily focused on organic. I, I'm curious as to why this is the strategy businesses should focus on versus maybe, not not instead of, but if they're gonna prioritize something, prioritize organic instead of paid, instead of social. Like I, I know there's a lot of nuance to this, but a lot of people, a lot of business owners focus on paid immediately, they focus on yeah. paid. And I've seen yeah. entire businesses being built on paid um, completely neglecting SEO, organic, like like completely, completely, not even a blog post up. Um, And I don't think it's really that scalable beyond a certain point. I think, can you get to a million? Yes. Can you get to 10 million in revenue? Yes, totally with paid. But I think there are ceilings on it. I think that uh, keywords become so damn expensive. Um, But I'm curious about your experience with other types of marketing and why, again, organic was such a main focus for you
1: having tried to build the Google ads agency and a Facebook agency, I know how much money that is. And I think people do it because of course you can get leads really fast. So you could just pay for leads and you could have some in a week or maybe a few days if you get pick right. But long term, I like the organic strategy better because you, you like build up and put all this work in, but then you get paid on it multiples of what you can get paid paid. And it's, uh, just a, a, I think a better long-term strategy. It's a better ROI because you put in all that work up front and then you're getting paid on it for years. So like if I kind of related to that car wraps example, that site still pays me now. So if you look at like a per hour I spent versus what I get paid, I'm making like $2,800 an hour or something like who gets paid. that? So like as an organic strategy, I really like that, um, just SEO, just because, I mean, it may take a little while, but it's, it's great. The ROI is insane later on. And also, from like a customer perspective, I think the customers are easier to close. Like, uh, I don't know about you. When I look at ads or I'm looking at Google and I see stuff pop, pop up, it's like, unless I have some kind of emergency thing I need right now, the ads are more of a nuisance. 100%. at least that's how I, I actually see it. It pr- I, like I purposely avoid them
0: now because I know that they're yeah. paying to rank. I actually, funny enough, if I'm looking for something, I look for the first non-sponsored ad. And I know they've ranked, and I know that there's a reason why they're there. I look for the the most reviews or whatever.
1: That's exactly it. So it's it's psychology, right? It's like you're looking at it as a customer, and you're thinking, like, okay, they're paying for that spot. But this guy right here, this person must have earned it. Now, the cool thing is you can manipulate this with SEO. (laughs) So did they earn it? Yeah, I guess, but not in the way they're thinking. But everybody thinks like that. They're like, well, if they're number one, it must be for a reason. Google put them there for a reason. The reason is they're good at, you know, following Google's guidelines or whatever to get them there.
0: Um, no, but I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, listen, when you're building a business, you play into consumer psychology. It's, it's, it's not a yeah. bad thing. It's a, it's a required thing. I mean, every, every part of marketing is, 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 is dancing around consumer psychology, right? So it's, it's, it's a game you have to play. But the other thing that I'm curious about, um, just because you're so much involved in this world, is when you build out these websites, so uh, downturns in the market, um, does it affect organic? Um, Google algorithm updates. How significantly does that affect organic? All these different mm. things that, I mean, I've never I've never bothered to ask people about this because most people don't focus on organic as their core marketing strategy. So how does it right. affect uh, the business? A lot of people focus on ads as like their 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 primary source of leads, and organics like a second, nice to have, which is obviously the complete right. one hundred and eighty of how you built this out. So all these different nuances. Right. How does it affect it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like organic and then paid as icing on the cake. Exactly, I know. You're know, the opposite of,
0: of most business owners, which is that's why it works, because it's 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 there's longevity to it.
1: I mean, like so interestingly enough, like the pandemic's a good example and it it hit some of the sites. So different things affect different niches. So I'll give you an example. And when the pandemic hit 2020, whatever that was, I had seven sites all around the New York City general area Um, that were related to restaurant cleaning and New York City announced that all restaurants are shut down so that completely eliminates the need for cleaning right (laughs) so all of those sites although they were all ranked number one for a ton of terms immediately were now worthless but it was only for a period because as soon as it opened up again they came right back but during that period those seven sites the income from those disappeared but it didn't affect me because I was in so many other niches that I would consider essential that I don't care if I lose those seven sites for seven grand or whatever a month because I get so many other ones that it didn't do anything to me. And as soon as the ban was lifted, all the restaurants are open again, like a year and a half later, the call volume came right back because of course everybody wants to go back to yep. the restaurants and then they need the cleaning services again. So that was right back. But like the point was the essential services, you can diversify and like hedge your risk of like your income disappearing by diversifying your niches. And some of them are just not going anywhere. Like plumbing is a good example, right? If my toilet breaks, I'm not a plumber, I don't know anybody who does plumbing. I'm not gonna take a crap in the backyard. I'm gonna call somebody and they're gonna come fix my toilet. It doesn't matter if there's a recession or you know, I just, my 401k took a hit because the economy's going down. Somebody's fixing the toilet, right? So that one's not going anywhere. And if you find stuff like that, you can hedge your risk and pretty much eliminate it if you have enough different things you're in.
0: I love this. Um, Now, something that's really interesting to me that I know you're working on right now, um, and maybe for people that are investing in businesses also, it could be very interesting to figure this piece of the lead generation, revenue generation puzzle out. You're using this strategy. You're using your own business to do an acquisition right now. Uh, Have you done multiple acquisitions or is this the first one or... Now this is the first, first all, okay, one. Okay, so walk me through. Okay, so now you've built this. So, so how you've progressed as an entrepreneur, you have this income stream coming from these pieces of real estate, online real estate, generating businesses. You started this coaching program, yeah. teaching people how to do this. Um, and we'll drop links as well so people can go in if they want to learn more and they want to follow like step by step how to do it. And maybe actually just speak about like what you teach people. But then I also want to learn about the investing and the growth and the acquisition thing that you're working on right now. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. So so yeah. with the actual coaching, more or less, to make it very straightforward, it's teaching people the system that you deploy, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's teaching a combination of SEO and how to use it, how to apply it to the website rental concept
0: that gotcha. I use. Okay, perfect.
1: So that you can create an active income or a passive income, whatever you want.
0: Amazing. Okay. So that, we'll drop, we'll drop those links in the show notes. Now, what you're working on right now with the acquisition, so you're going through a, a $2 million acquisition. Um I love, the, I love the evolution of employee to entrepreneur to investor. Cause it's, I mean, like, we're very similar in, in, in our career journey, actually, to be quite honest. But uh, so, what was, the, what was the rationale? What was the thought process here? You, you're now dabbling in private equity, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, it, there's kind of a there's this little bit of an evolution. So, I started as the employee, I, I started doing the website rental. The website rental gave me my time back and a lot of money. And I was like, this is really cool. But the clients I used to have at my SEO agency before I started doing website rental, were all like, if you're not gonna teach us, or if you're not gonna like do this, can you just teach it mm-hmm. to us? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. So it was kind of like the evolution of the coaching program because I didn't, I wouldn't intend to start this. They just asked me like, can you teach me this? And I was like, yeah, all right. So I started doing that and then I found out people were getting an impact. And I was like, oh, this feels cool. It's like fulfilling, it's nice. I can like watch people make a change. And then that brought in even more. So now I got multiple streams coming in. I'm like, all right, cool. But I still have all of my time. I'm like, I, I can't just sit. So I'm like, let's let's do something bigger. And I was talking to my, my CPA, like what can I do to not pay taxes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, you can, you can either buy real estate or you can acquire a business. And like, of course, everybody thinks of real estate, but I'm like, do I wanna spend two, 300 grand to get like 1500 bucks a month? And I'm like, no. I spend that same two hundred grand. I could make like five million with website rental. So I'm like, let's let's try business acquisition and see what this is about. So I paid uh, a person to like get to this event. Mm-hmm. I learned about uh, acquisitions, and I was like, this this sounds really cool. Let's let's try to do this. And I started looking for businesses in that one to five million range because that's what I could afford. Um, and my original thought was, let's find some kind of business where I could install an operator. I don't have to be involved. And then I'll just give that person half the company to keep me out of it. So I could have my half be passive yes. and I could use lead generation to grow the business. So I'm like, I got to find something one 5 million range that I can afford and something where I could apply lead generation to it has a lot of potential and where I'm not involved. And that's how we landed on the one that I'm doing.
0: So, so, um, I'm, I'm super curious what the business is that you're actually acquiring because I'm assuming that the business you're acquiring is like the perfect example, of a company that would benefit from the from the strategy you deploy, because that's I'm sure that's how you're thinking. You're like, I need this to be it's perfect. A,
1: it's a it's a pretty good example, but it's not. It's probably not perfect. It's close. It's just the best one I could find. So like, <laughs> I should say before I before I say that one, I want to mention paving just as a niche because it's something that I almost turned into a company. It would it would work perfectly for this. I had built out a site for paving. And it was in my hometown. And I was like, I I had a bunch of leads coming in for it. People are calling me and I'm again, I'm like, I don't do paving. I got to find a paving company. And I was trying to find somebody. But in my hometown, the people who are really good at it are overwhelmed with leads. And then there's a lot of people who stink at it that don't have any leads. And I'm like, I need the person who's really good but doesn't have any. And I couldn't find it. So I'm like calling all these companies and the the great ones are like not getting back because they don't care. And the other ones are doing crap work. So I'm like, I got to figure out how to do this. So I poached a subcontractor from one of the great companies. I just found out where they were going to be doing some work, and I talked to one of the subs. I'm like, you want to have your own company because I, I can get you the leads. <laughs> and I just started sending him leads. And in the first month or the first week, it made eight grand. Eight grand for me. So like, I don't remember what the revenue was, but my cut was eight. Grand. You did like and a normally you do a, like a rev split on it. No, so like I just, he told me he was going to do the work for $2 a square foot or was it three bucks? It was either two or three bucks a square foot. And then I had a person walk off the yardages like for the people's houses and the driveways and all that. And then I charged four bucks a square foot and I just take the difference. So he made quite a bit and I was just keeping the difference without me being involved. So I was just kind of like coordinating it. And instead of that website paying me, you know, 1500 bucks a month, it made eight grand in a week. So it's like that type of company you could literally create a company out of thin air with just a website with this skill set and this model. But I didn't I just <laughs> I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to run a paving company. So I just kind of like handed that off to somebody else and let them run with it. And I was like I just want the little passive piece give me my couple thousand bucks. So I transitioned out of that. The one I'm doing now is uh, I have to be careful because I'm under NDA. Okay. Sure. But uh, it's a multi-state it's a multi-state ice cream business. So it's like the novelty trucks that go around and they play a yeah. song and then everybody comes out to buy overpriced ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the screwball yeah. and the spider-man face yeah, yeah, and yeah. all those. Yeah. So I just I was trying to buy a different type of business that was more in line with my lead generation skill set. And when I got into uh, the acquisition or while trying to do the due diligence for it, I found that the person was fudging their tax returns, which I know people do, but I can't buy a business off fake numbers (laughs) because the bank only loans off what they say. So if you, you make it look like you're poor, the bank's not gonna loan on it, right? So we ended up not going through with that business, but I met the broker and the broker hooked me up with this person who was selling the ice cream business. And the ice cream business was making millions, but they had no website, no advertising, no customer list, no CRM, no processes. I'm like, how are you making this money like this? It's like, oh, the customer just comes to the the truck. (laughs) Just a wild business model. I'm like, how how is this possible? And I'm just looking at this and I'm like, if he can do that with nothing and it's growing 20% year over year over year, I'm like, if I apply lead generation to this, I I have no idea. Like I gotta be able to blow this thing up. But but explain
0: to me so I was really, really to explain to this. me how lead generation, how would that work for an ice cream truck?
1: I mean, so I can just generate leads for all of the business services. Oh, so he's looking at it like consumers coming to the yeah. truck. But what about events? Corporate events, business events, weddings, catering, all this other stuff. That's a whole untapped side, and I can hit all of that with lead generation. And like I've done, I mean, I can do it with SEO, but I can also do it with the Facebook ads and the Google ads. I won't personally do it. I'll find somebody who can do it and just hand it off because I don't want to deal with it. But all of that can be applied to this. And then you have a choice. Do I keep that cash flow, or do I sell this company off for like a four or five X Mm -hmm. multiple? And like the company is 2 million now without anything. Sell that for 10, 15 million a couple of years down the road. So it's just a it's a cool thing that I'm I'm working on now, and we're we're supposed to close on the seventh, uh, but our lawyer is going on vacation, so it's gonna have to just be another couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, as long as as long as there's no billable hours while he's on vacation. No, no we didn't plan that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! I'm so curious. Have you have you ever done the math and and seen like the potential uptick in business revenue? like what 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 is like a great number so if you have a business I, again super subjective but you have a business yeah. and, they're, and they're doing nothing online when you apply yeah. your strategy to it and they have leads coming in what is the what is the multiple what is the percentage that you see the businesses grow
1: oh my What's god that? the multiples are stupid high I, i'm terrible at math so i don't even know the numbers but i'll give you an example the, the first one that comes to mind one of the first guys i had as an actual client was a tree service and he was paying for Home Advisor, Thumbtack, and Angie's List, which is now Angie. Um, and he was paying them for work. He was making like seventy grand a year or so, just single guy, no family, no kid, no wife or anything. Um, he was just working by himself, and he was kind of like cherry picking the leads he wanted. So he would go up, he'd do like a single tree, a package of trees. He can't really do any commercial work because he wasn't, he didn't have like any crew. It was just him. And I met him and we started working together. I built this process out, started renting a website to him and his next year, he did 370,000 or 320,000. Get out. So I don't that's, know what that percentage increase is. That's but wild. It, that's like what? Five times what he made the year before. Yeah. And his the business model completely changed. He called me at one point, like a year and a half in, and he's like, I'm getting a lot of leads that are commercial. Like I can't do these, like turn it off. And I was like, turn it off. I'm like, who do you know that does commercial work? And he's like, I mean, this other guy I know does it. I'm like, what, like a competitor? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, call that dude and tell him you're going to give him all the commercial work and just take a cut. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, just give him the work. I'm like, you don't want it, right? You want the, the homes and the residential stuff that you can handle. I'm like, cherry pick it. Who cares? Give him all the commercial stuff and just tell him you want 15% and you can just give him all the work. See if he'll go for it, and they like they had a conversation. He's like, "Yeah, all right." He's taking it, <laughs> so we just started diverting all the commercial work to that guy, who's technically a competitor, and he just takes all the stuff he wants. So he does the things he wants, knocks it out quick, does whatever he wants with his time. Just kind of like half does tree stuff and half spends his time doing whatever fishing. I think was the thing, and uh, hands off all the rest of the work to other people. I
0: love this. Um, I want to. I want to. So it's like you can
1: do what you want. I cool. want to
0: ask, just. Some, some questions some, some questions on, on your views on entrepreneurship because I, I, I love the way that you sort of built your life. I, I, I really admire it um, because we sort of spoke about golden handcuffs before building yourself a job. Um, why do you think people overcomplicate entrepreneurship so much?
1: I think it's, it, it's, it's tough. It's because it's like everybody tells you it's hard and it's supposed to be difficult. And yes, there are parts of it that are hard, but honestly, I think your mindset is the, the hardest part to get. Once you get that right, the, the other people's opinions and your whole, all your friends and your family that don't believe in you and all that, none of that matters anymore. Because if you only care about what you think and what you want for yourself, you could focus on that. Then you could find somebody who aligns with that. I know I want money and time. And the people that I have in my life don't know how to do that. They're not examples of it. The people I'm learning from at school don't have that. So why am I listening to them? I have to find somebody who does and go like, seek that person out, tell them to teach me how to do it because they've been there. And I think shiny objects and all this mm-hmm. stuff on YouTube and all these, there's so many things you can focus on. It's really tough. So it's almost like you have to define what you want, focus on that first. And then once you figure that out, you can come up with a path to get there.
0: I think a lot of people who build something, they don't realize how much energy it can take. And I think that people want lifestyle but then they don't realize that entrepreneurship may not be the path to the lifestyle that they want. Like you look at the most prolific entrepreneurs, you look at the Elon Musk's of the world. The, I think he was, you know, still sleeping in an office in Twitter offices when he made the acquisition, right? Like, like, these are not people that have time for in some cases, family in, in hobbies, pastimes, things outside of building. And that's okay. But I don't think that, that, a lot of people want to be like Elon. I don't think no. a lot of people understand what it's like to work that much for the entirety of your life till you die. And you know, you have to have a number too. Like how much money do you need? And that's not to say that a million's a lot, because it's not in, in twenty twenty three. A million's not a lot. Five million, ten million, how much do you have to have liquid to be happy? And once you hit that number though, do you need to do you need to have a hundred million dollar exit? Do you need to have 500 million dollar like where do you want to go and i think that a lot of people don't have yeah. clarity they just think that if i'm not in a company it'll be okay but it's like not okay because they have no they have no idea the direction they're going and i think you were very purposeful yeah, I
1: mean, about it, it. It'll, it'll evolve yeah. it'll evolve over time right what what you want i think initially my i was an employee first yeah. so my yeah. thing was just get out of my job at all costs so cool what do i need to replace my job I don't know, four grand a month, five grand a month just to be comfortable and not have to worry about anything. But then it changed to okay, now I have that. I don't really have to work because I already kind of built it up where it's not, it's more me just kind of looking at it to make sure nothing falls apart. Now what do I do? I can't sit. And I did the thing. I went to travel and I did, you know, hang out with the girlfriend, spend time with the family and do whatever. I tried the laptop lifestyle thing, but I found for me, I can't just sit. Like two days into chilling at the Bahamas, I'm like, okay, what can I do for business to make this go faster? It just became like fun to build businesses and figure out how to do lead generation and all this. And working for myself, I just, I don't, I like it better. I don't care if I have, if I don't have to, but I could work 80 hours a week and I would still be cool with it because I'm the boss and I can do what I want. I can go leave. I don't have to ask anybody for permission. It's like I've taken control of my life and now I've decided here's what I'm going to do with it. And I think that power is really, really nice. And then you can do what you want if it's fulfilling. Talk to me
0: about your evolution in, in your mindset be- from employee to entrepreneur, owner to investor. What's the difference that you have to, the, how, how do you think differently as you go through that career journey?
1: I think just focusing on self-education has been the thing that has helped me the most just because mindset is so important. In our, our education system, as we have it now, is a little messed up. In, in 1902, John D. Rockefeller creates our general education board. It's like the foundation for our school system today. And there was a quote from him that was kind of disturbing. And it said, I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. He knew then that for his oil company to be successful, he needed good employees. People who just show up and do what they're told. He doesn't want entrepreneurs he doesn't want people who think for themselves and he did that strategically right because then he'd have competition the problem is the school system that we have now is still based on that so society and our school system is set up for this same thing school doesn't teach you how to be rich or how to build wealth it teaches you how to be a good employee somebody who pays the taxes feeds the system and i mean i went to college and grad school so i get it but why are we listening to people who don't have the life we want Right? Like, that's not what I want. Why am I listening to the person tell me this? They don't know. It's like asking the broke friend how to make money. They have no idea or they'd already be having it. Right? So it's like, we need the doctors and the lawyers and the contractors and everybody who's doing employees, like an employee job, but that's not what I want. My definition of success is having time and money. And if my goal is to build wealth and have true time freedom, then I need to learn from someone who's already done it and I'm not going to learn that at school. Would you, so it's like why the, the education, the alternative education exists. And I mean, that's what I focused on. And I've grown so much just focusing more on that than traditional.
0: If you, if you could go talk to your 20-year-old your self, would you, would you tell them not to go to school? Or would you tell them to do anything differently? What would be the, the lesson?
1: it would be figure out what you actually want because school works for some stuff. Like my brother wants to be a surgeon, right? So he goes to school, he becomes that, right? My, my dad wanted to be a chiropractor. He went to school and became that. But some stuff like for me, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I went to school for marketing. And when I got out, I ended up doing human resources. Is my ultimate goal to be helping people in the human resources department? No, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. So, you know, time and money for me was the thing I wanted because I wanted to be able to spend time with family and be able to hang out, go travel, and have enough to live the lifestyle I want. And for me, I didn't have to go to school for that. I did, but had I known, I probably wouldn't have. It would have been an argument argument with my parents. Um, but, you know, if that's what I have to do to get what I want, that's what's going to happen. I actually never told my parents that I started doing this, like when I still had an agency like before I quit I just quit and I didn't tell them for like a year they just found out randomly because I answered the phone at a time when I probably would have been working normally so you know if you have to you know not tell somebody then don't tell them (laughs) well I think I think to your point
0: like all this comes back to lifestyle design like how are you building the life that you want and we're talking about okay we're talking about how many hours you want to work how much money do you want to make but there's other components to lifestyle too and sometimes it's it's setting expectations with relationships of people most close to us and family. I mean, you can't really get rid of family, so that's fine. But, but I mean, there's people in your life as you're going through like an entrepreneurial journey that don't serve you in, in a meaningful capacity. It doesn't mean you like have to kill those relationships, but you do have to prioritize where you spend your time. And I think that this whole lifestyle design, it's, it's okay to be a little bit selfish with what you're building in your life. And if you expect things that none of your friends have, then there's a good chance that they're not going to help you get to where you want to be. And, and even like right. parents, like if parents don't understand what you're building, you still love your parents, respect your parents. But, I mean, you're not going to be going to them for career advice if they've only ever worked a nine-to-five job. And you're they're not, not going to be going to them to, for entrepreneurial advice or, or how to raise money or how to close clients if they've worked in a nine-to-five job. you gotta, you got to understand that like, they mean best, but they also don't know they don't know what you're doing and there there is a way for you to succeed in it but it won't be through your parents teaching you what to do it'll be through a peer who's done it a mentor whatever it is so i think that there's a lot that that you know like you you sort of like checked all the boxes of why why are you like why are you personally successful it's because through your career through trial and error you know you've architected your life you made the money you want you figured out the time work balance You've you've built relationships with people that actually have done these things before, so you know, like who to go to for help with this, that, and the other. Like I'm sure you have your own, you, you mentor people, but I'm sure you have tons of your own mentors and people that you look up mm-hmm. to. Like this is this is how you grow. You, you people are not stagnant. People have to try new things and do different things that are uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, it's it's uncomfortable to become comfortable.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to get uncomfortable to grow. Yeah. I really like um everybody knows alex Ramsey. yeah i really like this quote he says you don't want to invest in the s p 500 you want to invest in the s and me i love that yeah put that money in your self-education there was another one from uh from warren buffett he's just like whatever you're paid is just what the market thinks your skills are worth so you want to make more you gotta up your skills yeah. so if you go seek that out then you can do whatever you want
0: um is there anything that Any last lessons, anything that you want to leave the audience with that we didn't go into, the floor is yours. So whatever whatever you want to end with.
1: I think every decision we make or don't make has an opportunity cost. And when there's something you want to do and you do nothing, you're making an active choice to give up whatever that other thing is you could have had. And I'm guilty of this too. We say things like, you know, I need to think about it, I have to look at other options, I wanna do some more research, it's not the right time, any number of excuses. I've learned that we never have all the information, the timing's never right, the fear is always there, that fear of failure, people judging you, whatever. So it's better to trust my gut instinct than just take, take the leap of faith anyways, so that you can live the way you want to live as long as possible. Because all that time, it's like you could have had it, but you chose not to.
0: I love that. Um... Where should people go to connect with you? Uh, you can send them to the website. Also, please drop your social so they can follow you and whatnot. Um, but where should they go to learn about everything that you're working on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, LukeVanderBeer.com is a good place to start. You know, that talks a little bit about kind of my story and what I'm doing now. Um, and WebsiteRentalCoaching.com is more about the business model and how that okay, works. Okay, perfect.
0: Um, socials, what are you at? What are you? What, what's your best at?
1: It's at com. is, uh, Instagram. Facebook oh, okay, is, uh, don't
0: don't, we, don't do them all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, no, no. Yeah, one, I'm, one I'm is good. Done. And like,
0: the website has everything else on. I'm just wondering if there's one in particular. That's, that's totally cool. It does. Uh, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> um, okay. And then I, I mean, you've touched on this several times throughout, um, but I'm just going to ask it cause I ask everybody when I close this out. So you've had an incredible career you've had, you know, the season of the employee, the season of the business owner, entrepreneur, the season of the investor. Um, what at this point in your life does success mean to you?
1: It's, it's just having enough money and the time to do what I want when I feel like it with whoever. And I know people say that, but it's when you can actually experience it, it's like otherworldly. It's just really cool. Like just the middle of the week, I don't wanna work. I'm just gonna go out, take the jet ski out with my girlfriend. You know what, maybe I'll fly to Costa Rica for a month and just hang out. People, you can decide to become the person who can do that. It's just a choice. It's an active choice. You can make the choice to learn how to make enough to be able to do that. And then you can do that.